Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today we have a crazy story of revenge against a senior scientist. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, how I dealt with the girl who snitched on me. I glanced furtively at my watch. It was 8.55pm. If everything went according to plan, in exactly 5 minutes, I'd pay Eva back for what she did to me, and this time, no one would side with her. But how did we get here? It's a long story that began in a modeling agency. I hadn't modeled for long when I got the offer from a very reputable model scout and a lot of people weren't happy about that. I'm a model professionally and I'm black American. It's the 21st century but even these days, people of color like me aren't treated as we should. Sure, there aren't flaming torches being thrown at me on the streets and, legally, at least on paper, I have equal rights with any other random white person out there, but in some way, I feel the clear unhidden racism would probably have been more bearable than the subtle undertones that hit you in the back. Unfortunately for me, as certain as it is that there will be discrimination against me in whatever profession I choose, it's equally certain that even without the complexities of race, the modeling world is a very brutal sphere to be in. So the attitude of the other selected models didn't surprise me. Like any other professional, I just wanted to do what was required of me. I didn't really care about making an impression on anyone else. My first proper interaction with Eva was when I accidentally walked into her on my way out of the gym room. I'd heard rumors about her from my roommates before then. She was supposed to be some big shot model of some sort. I'd heard that she'd modeled for Prada when she was 12. Apparently she didn't get the same contract the rest of us new faces got. Our contract bound us to that particular modeling agency for a year. We couldn't model for any brands that the agency didn't represent if we wanted to. When the year was over, we had to decide if we wanted to stick with the agency or not. It was also compulsory for us to reside in the apartment they'd provided and follow their dictated diet and strict regimen till the contract expired. Eva wasn't restricted to only modeling for specific brands during this same time. Her presence in the apartment was solely due to convenience and not due to coercion, and if she stayed with the agency, she'd be a part of the main board, top models in the agency. As expected of someone with such wide press coverage, in better terms, gossip, she had an even larger ego that she didn't pretend to hide. She practically threw me off her body and acted like I'd drop something foul on every part of her body I'd touched. I refused to lose my cool though. I just picked up my tote bag which had dropped onto the floor and walked leisurely out of the gym. The next time I saw her was during a catwalk training. She was seated on a yoga mat at the back of the room while the rest of us practiced our walks. I wouldn't have paid attention to her participation or lack thereof if the catwalk coach hadn't singled me out for having quick progress and asked Eva to show me a few pointers on my stance so I'd get even better. I didn't necessarily want to be around her, but if that was what it took to learn at a faster pace, I didn't mind it. I kept my eyes trained on hers as I walked toward her. I wanted her to know I wasn't scared of her. She, however, maintained her stretching position and peered at me under her lashes. She looked somewhat feral. So where do we begin, I said, trying to come off as friendly. 
From the top, she snorted. You're not as good as the coach said. I looked her straight in the eyes and told her she could go to heck if she thought she was better than the rest of us. Then I walked back to my spot with the rest of the class. I figured I'd rather learn slowly than put up with her snide remarks. I knew she wasn't happy with how I'd reacted to her, and she made it obvious when we prepared to help each other get the right expressions for our Polaroids. Pictures without makeup to show clients what we look like. For people that didn't like each other, we got assigned to each other a lot. In her exact words, she'd look perfect from any angle or with any expression, and she wasn't going to waste her time helping someone who had disrespected her. In a sense, she was right. She had enough experience to know how exactly to take her Polaroid. I, on the other hand, was new to this and could use some help. So I apologized and came clean that I needed help. Surprisingly, she helped me. After that, the ice between us started to thaw. We didn't become overnight besties. We didn't even get close to being good friends. But we were now civil with each other, and we hung out once in a while. Once I got over her entitled attitude, she wasn't that unbearable. Our relationship turned sour once again when I was booked last minute for a grand event in Greece that none of the other new faces including Eva were booked for. She turned fiery with rage and her expression seriously reminded me of that of an offended cat. She accused me of trying to get close to her to steal her spotlight, which was never my intention. But if I had gotten such a big opportunity, I wasn't going to turn it down just because someone felt they deserved it more than I did. So I went to Greece. The models that went with me from the agency were either already a part of the main board or were extremely close to getting there and it was so exciting to work with such accomplished people. It was a major perk they didn't have a sourpuss attitude, like some other talented people I knew. Greece was amazing. I got to see the beautiful country, however fleetingly it may have been, and more importantly I made a lot of valuable contacts that would certainly come in handy in the line of business. My inclusion in the Greek event brought me some respect among the other new faces. They all clustered around me wanting to hear all about the experience, waiting for me to name drop or share a contact. But there was someone who wasn't happy to see me return, and she was Eva. She felt so wronged and cheated. I also suspect that she worried about all the attention I was receiving. Attention that used to be focused on her. I expect her to rage all her anger on me, chew me up and spit me out, but she didn't. She calmly told me how she felt, and told me that she'd forgiven me, but wouldn't bear hanging out with me while everyone was singing my praises and constantly reminding her of her loss. Frankly, I didn't care. I didn't care whether she was angry or not, I didn't care if she had forgiven me or not, and I didn't care if she was speaking to me or not. I had never depended on anyone for my inner peace and I never would, so I didn't care. But I should have because what was coming was a big blow to the chest. There was something about me that I hid so perfectly. No one knew about it, not even my family. I wasn't much of a talker, so it was easy for me to hide secrets, and no one would suspect anything. I was also very careful to leave my tracks covered so that no one would mistakenly stumble across my secret. So, after Eva pretended to have forgiven me, it shocked me to find that she had accidentally put two and two together and had discovered that I was anorexic. It clearly wasn't an accident. She must have been watching me carefully, looking for areas where I'd slip up, and finally noticed that I never ate anything. 
She must have purposely searched my bag looking for any confirmation and found my stash of vitamins that kept me from looking malnourished. What was even more alarming was the fact that I didn't hear all of that information from her. A random Chinese had decided to let me know, so I'd know what everyone was saying about me, which meant that the news had spread. I couldn't even feel embarrassed that everyone knew my condition. There was room for only one emotion, and it was fear. I knew if that the head agents got informed, I'd be in big trouble, and I was right. The next morning I was summoned by the agent who scouted me. When I heard I was called for, I decided to tough it up. Whatever would happen was eventually going to happen either way, and it wasn't like I decided to be anorexic. It just kind of happened. There was a lot of pressure from all areas. The really slim girls were more likely model materials than the averagely thick ones like me. And my black jeans were not intended to be slowed down by just the gym, so I stopped eating. It wasn't like I'd committed a crime. I met up with the agent, and he expressed his profound disappointment that I hadn't thought to notify anyone about my struggles with food. And I would still be suffering in silence if my friend, Eva, hadn't spoken up out of concern for me. I was told that I had to see a therapist and that the modeling environment was too toxic for me, so I had to stay away from it until a health practitioner confirmed that I was fit to resume work. In reality, the only toxic thing was Eva's personality. How on earth did she trick the agent into thinking she cared about me? I went back to my room with so many tiny flecks of emotions swirling in my chest. It was for the best that I dealt with my anorexia. Maybe I shouldn't hate on Eva, but she didn't mean good in any way when she snitched on me. How many months would it take me to recover? All these voices filled my brain. I needed to think clearly, so I decided to head to the gym before I packed my things. I set my phone on the tripod and ran on the treadmill, relishing the burn until my legs turned to jelly. I wanted to record myself now when I was in the dumps, so I'd compare it with a video of myself when I got better. I didn't bother packing up my phone when I went into the shower. There were cameras everywhere. No one would dare to steal anything. I'd finished my shower and was headed to get my bag and phone when I started to hear hushed, panicky voices. But I couldn't tell who they belonged to. Who owns that phone? Was it there all along? It probably wasn't recording. I'll just have to check and be sure. I quickened my steps to get there before they touched my phone. If it was my phone they were talking about. Lo and behold, it was Eva and her minions and they were talking about my phone. I quickly grabbed it from the tripod before the petite girl reaching for it would get it and I started marching out the door. Hey dear, I heard about your sickness. That's so bad, Eva crooned, waving at me. I hope you get well soon and... Just out of curiosity, I want to know if you left your phone recording. With her unnecessarily long fingers in the air like that, she really looked like a Cheshire cat. I gave her a nasty glare and walked out the door. I knew I'd left my phone recording, but I didn't check the content of the video till I'd gotten home. And that's when I really got mad at Eva. Her foul friend group had come into the gym joyful that I'd been sent home, and Eva gave them a blow-by-blow detail of how she'd never liked me and how she'd gotten her evidence to snitch on me. Then they launched into banter about how black people always had one problem or the other going on, and most of us are mainly drug addicts or thieves, and how it was better for everyone that I left before I started manifesting some serious black vices. According to them, we didn't deserve the good things that were the birthright of beautiful people like her. Anger flooded through my bloodstream as I heard their silly mocking laughter. 
Not only had she messed with me, but she'd also downgraded and insulted my whole race with very foolish stereotypes. She was spreading negative vibes against innocent people, vibes that would be later transferred to a larger group of people and would strengthen the core of racism that we'd been battling to defeat. Now, I wasn't going to let her get away with it. I'd make sure that she never dreamt of messing with another black person, and I was going to humiliate her and make the world see how she reasoned and what she stood for. As a model, your social media presence matters. Brands don't want to use people that are stirring hate as their faces, so I had enough to ruin her. I just need time. I needed to be patient, so I wouldn't waste such a powerful video at the wrong time. When I'd heard that she'd been selected for a big shoot for a brand run by a black woman, I knew I'd gotten the perfect opportunity. The shoot was happening in a grand hall in New York, so it wasn't even going to be hard for me to get there. Next, I had to get in touch with the media team, or my presence there would be pointless. After extensive research, I realized I could get someone to hack into their system, and I had a friend who could do the job. We cut the video into five minutes, highlighting all her racist comments and display of immaturity, and we were set to disgrace her publicly. It didn't have to be there in person. My friend was hacking the server from his house, and I could just stay there too, but I wanted to see her get what she deserved in person. At exactly 9pm, coincidentally when Eva was on the catwalk, the screens fluttered black and projected my video, I watched her expression turn from shock to embarrassment to fear. As she ran off the catwalk, I got up and took a taxi home. Days later, brands on Instagram declared that they'd cut ties with her, and rumor sites carried the news that her contract with the agency had been severed. I was feeling a bit nice that day, so I sent her an email. Hey dear, I heard about your predicament. That's so bad. I hope you get fine soon and... Just out of curiosity, I want to know if you'll ever mess with a black person again. Well, needless to say, moral of the story is, try not to be racist. And if you are for whatever reason don't act out on it and get some help for it. Although you would think that would be common sense for most people. Unfortunately, there's folks out there who want to just get under the skin of anybody they can, and they're willing to stoop to that level of just being racist just to try to annoy somebody. Our next story is what I did to my two-faced senior scientist. Some people grace your memories as a sweet whiff of nostalgia, while others come as regret. The only word I can use to describe the emotion I feel when I remember Elias is hate. Well, it used to be hate. That wasn't until I did the only thing I could to free myself. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From that hate, I got my revenge. 
My Mondays typically began the same way. I would roll off my bed at the shout of the alarm. My mood was usually sour because I don't get to sleep in. I would brush my teeth, wash my face, then stare at my reflection and complain about how tired I feel for about 10 minutes. I would skip breakfast, grab a coffee, and head out to my internship at the laboratory. That Monday morning followed this exact sequence. Even the afternoon wasn't too different from the norm, but there was an element of surprise in the evening. We'd recently just been assigned a new senior scientist in my department at the laboratory. Our jobs as research biologists mainly entailed studying several species of microorganisms to get insight into their growth patterns, newly evolved traits, the best environment for reproduction, and other stuff along that line. Yep, it was that fascinating to spend endless hours staring at slowly developing microbes through microscopes. It wasn't weird that they changed our former senior scientists suddenly. They did that all the time. Neither was it weird that I was the only person left in the lab. I was fond of staying behind to ensure I left no stone unturned. What was weird was that the new senior scientist was so young. He was probably in his late 20s and chill. All the other senior scientists we had were extremely stuck up and quite old. Even weirder was that he walked up to me to have a chat with me. Hey bro, what's up? He said, sliding into the chair beside me. I looked around to confirm that he was talking to me and wanted an actual response. Peterson George, he read off my name tag. Nice to meet you, I'm Elias Thomas. I scoffed at his effort to introduce himself. I knew who he was, everyone knew who he was. He was the senior scientist for God's sake. Maybe he was trying to be polite to me, but he didn't have to. I was the one who had to make a good impression on him. So he'd recommend me for government research and the like. Nice to meet you too, I said, my shy jeans giving me away. He looked at my laptop screen. You're always the last one out. Extremely meticulous, I like that. Those observation skills must have been one of the reasons he was already so successful in research. He'd only been at our lab a week, yet he'd noticed how serious I was with the job. He was also quite charming. He must have been the only person to have complimented me on my carefulness. See you around then, he waved as he jogged off. I smiled to myself. He was nice. I must have made a fool of myself. Sigh. The next few weeks rushed past in a blur of research, calculations, extreme fatigue, and late night video games, but I distinctly remember that Elias was always nice to me. It was confusing because he didn't go out of his way to be nice to everyone else. One weekend, after I'd slipped into the lab to tidy up my reports, I heard an abrupt movement behind me. I was startled because I'd never met anyone else in the lab on weekends, so I dropped a beaker filled with potassium iodide on my documents. Yikes, I guess I should have announced my presence, Elias apologized. It's fine, I sighed, already dreading the hour-long walk to the printing room. Nah, just mail me the soft copies and I'll help you reprint them before I review them. Really? I asked in disbelief. It felt like a burden had been lifted off my shoulders. Of course, it's no bother, he said, smiling. Either way, I would still have to review them. Right. He was still the senior scientist. What was I thinking? Why would I let him reprint my files? Defeated, I shook my head. No, that's alright, thank you. I would just do it myself. He shoved his hands in his pockets. Fine. Since you insist on reprinting your files, I insist on accompanying you. So I let him, and it was worth it. It was so much fun to talk with someone who wasn't a nerd. I hadn't had time to make friends outside work since I left college. The more we talked, the more I realized we were similar in many ways. 
He hated sports. He was into Star Wars. He was lanky, though he looked way better than me. He actually liked science, but we were still different in a lot of ways. He had a lot of friends. He had a girlfriend. He had a tattoo on his neck. He drove a BMW and he had this competitive vibe about him. Anyway, the next weekend, he invited me to a pool party that one of his guys was having so I wouldn't subject my brain to more work on a weekend. It seemed like an opportunity to make more friends and I hadn't been to any parties since I graduated so I willingly agreed. I put on my coolest shirt, a pair of beach shorts and my Nike slides and headed off to one of the grandest mansions in the district. I got to the party at a decent hour, so I had a few drinks and talked to as many people as my shyness would allow me. I hadn't seen Elias anywhere. A few hours into the evening, the party was buzzing. The mild alcohol was replaced with a stronger substitute and drugs were circulating freely. People had gotten bored of the games and thought it would be more fun to stick their tongues down each other's throats or get touchy on the dance floor. I had preferred the karaoke battle to this new development. I definitely was minutes away from frantically racing to my house, but there was still no sign of Elias and I thought it would be rude to leave without saying hi to him, so instead of calling an Uber, I went to the kitchen to get a drink. I didn't trust anything they were serving in the yard. I hoped the kitchen would be less crowded. No such luck. There were people crammed into every corner of the kitchen doing some perverse thing or the other, even on the kitchen island. I refused to speak of the atrocities that were committed on that countertop. I was reaching for a canned coke. It seemed like the least possible option to be spiked when I felt a hand on my shoulder. I was genuinely relieved to see that it was Elias. He told me that he was glad I'd been able to make it. I didn't share the same line of thought. Then he led me through the crowd to meet his girlfriend Penny and his brother Luke, who happened to be the party host. The words, out of place, must have been written on my forehead in capital letters because he asked me if I'd like to ditch the party and go someplace else. I hurriedly agreed before he changed his mind. We went to a little coffee shop close to his parents' house. They had the creamiest coffee and most delicious croissants. I thought I was being overly comfortable because of the warmth of the coffee in my belly and the coziness of the cafe but I must have just been slightly tipsy from the drinks I'd had earlier. Well, whatever the reason, for the first time in a while, I didn't overthink or criticize my thoughts. I just asked Elias the questions on my mind the way they came. How were his parents able to afford that sweet crib? Was that his older or younger brother? Did he live with them? And why was he so nice to me? His responses were precise. His parents were successful researchers, both of them, I would eventually find out that they owned the lab where we worked. I had just met his twin brother, he had his own less exciting apartment, and he liked me because I'd reminded him of himself. I let my shoulders swell at his last statement. That was like a million compliments in one. Soon afterward, the cafe with the delicious pastries soon became our hangout. We would have our lunches there, sometimes we'd lounge there on weekends. Generally, we met there whenever we felt like it. We became pals. He would painstakingly read through all my reports to make sure that they'd make a good impression of me. He would stop at my seat randomly for a quick chat, and we went to some other parties together. When the list of new research projects was released, I chose to join the study on the correlation between chitin and protein levels in fungi, because it seemed like a gray area to me. It was then that Elias let it slip that his parents owned the place. I should have been furious that he hadn't been totally honest with me. 
I should have gotten offended that he didn't seem like it was a big deal that he hadn't mentioned it. Maybe if we'd had a big fight, he wouldn't have had access to me to do what he eventually did. But I didn't get mad. He probably didn't want to seem obnoxious, I thought, and I just let it slide. My research on fungi proved to be much more interesting than I'd expected. I was beginning to understand fungal growth much better, and I was able to deduce some implications for my calculations. I was so invested in my research that I resigned to myself that I'd see little of Elias that period, so I could spend more time working. He didn't offer to meet up often either. He was occupied with research of his own. A fortnight later, we were sipping lattes at the cafe when he started to rant about how all of his research on his project was leading him to loose ends. I wisely chose that as the best time to tell him how fulfilled I felt with my latest research. Oddly, after that, all our conversations were centered on work. He'd ask how far I'd gone, if I needed any help, or if anything was exciting I wanted to share about it. Honestly, I wasn't skeptical at all. I told him as much as I felt comfortable with and sometimes showed him the data I'd collected to see if he could view them from a different angle. I didn't even suspect a thing when he asked me to send in my report early so he'd review it and then send it to the board because he thought it was ready. I sent it in without any complaints and accompanied him that evening to the premiere of a movie he was dying to watch. I didn't even give two thoughts about leaving my laptop with the rest of my things in the locker room so I wouldn't have to have too much baggage as he'd suggested. For some reason, I was extremely tired after we left the movie theater and I went straight to bed. The next day I walked into the office to face the most horrifying news of my life. Someone had broken into my locker and the only thing that was missing was my laptop. I stared in disbelief at the blue handles of the locker. It didn't seem to have been forced open. The person who opened it must have known the lock combination and was very careful about my security. The only other person that knew the code was Elias, and it couldn't have been him. He was with me throughout access hours the previous day, and no one would have been let in after access hours. Weirdly, Elias wasn't present at the lab that day, so I couldn't lament to him or have lunch with him. But I didn't even want to leave with him to get lunch. I wanted to eat with everyone and see if someone knew something. I had just walked into the cafeteria when I heard some shouts of complaint from a table of geeks. Anyone could follow their conversation if they wanted to, so I technically wasn't eavesdropping. They were mad that Elias was getting some recognition or award for a particularly impressive report he'd turned in. Of course he's way above the rest of us. He's getting boss mummy and daddy privilege. They elevate him for every small milestone and they even let him stay extra hours in here. I saw him myself leaving past midnight. Why wouldn't his report be extra special? I stopped in my tracks. It couldn't be. He would never do that to me. I wouldn't jump to conclusions. But alas, the next day when his almighty research report was shared with us, it was exactly everything I had written. He'd stolen all of my hard work and he hadn't even listed me in his credits. More painfully, when I tried to confront him during lunch for stealing my work, he just laughed at me and told me I was being delirious. Then he walked past me. I couldn't do anything. There were no cameras in the locker room. It was my word against his, and we all knew who would have been listened to. And that was it. He barely acknowledged me in a room. He'd suddenly forgotten we were ever friends. Or were we friends? Because it seemed like he would knew I'd be useful to him and kept me close for that purpose. 
Now I was no longer needed and I could disappear for all he cared. I was livid. All my life I'd let people walk all over me and the one time I thought I'd met someone who got me, he turned out to be a fraud. But that was okay because I was going to make him pay. He was going to regret messing with me. Slowly but surely, I was going to execute my plan. Phase one of the plan was to make him feel at ease. He had to believe I'd let it go since I couldn't do anything about it. Phase two was to turn the rest of the scientists against him. That part wasn't really hard to do, a lot of them were already envious of him. Phase three and the final plot was to soil his reputation so bad that even his parents wouldn't be able to defend him. And the perfect opportunity came when the government sent endangered species of mushrooms to the lab for analysis. It was quite easy for me to slip in and steal the mushrooms. The security was very weak, but it was harder to plant them in Elias's house. Thankfully, I managed both. Then I left an anonymous tip with the police about the whereabouts of the plant. I didn't know it would be so entertaining to watch someone get stripped of their title by their parents till I saw it happen to Elias. He might have suspected that I'd been the perpetrator, but I didn't care. The same way he hadn't. He would never be able to find any evidence against me. I was too meticulous. It was his words against mine. This time, I won. Yeah, if you didn't think the nepotism was going to be more than enough to make sure this guy succeeded without putting in much effort, they were willing to plot and plan for a long time to, like, put on a fake relationship with somebody just so they could steal their work, ultimately? I think this guy got off easy considering everything. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 